Non-farm payrolls came in a lot higher than expected in the US on Friday. Too high? Could it cause the Fed to delay that rate cut that everyone was starting to assume was going to happen by March next year? Have we got too carried away on the speed of cuts, with the exception of Australia, of course? Well, it is Central Bank Week this week, trying to beat the last-minute crash of the FOMC, the ECB, Norge Bank, the Swiss National Bank, all later in the week. Quiet one today, though. It is Monday, the 11th of December, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar was higher on Friday, reversing some of the losses from Thursday, but finishing the week 0.7% higher. The Aussie dollar lost 1.4% last week. US equities finished on the rise on Friday, about 0.4% or thereabouts for the Dow, S&P and the Nasdaq. Energy and IT doing particularly well. European stocks also up on Friday, 1.1% for the Eurostox 50, for example. Even the FTSE 100 managed a half percent rise on Friday. And yields rising, 10-year treasuries were up eight basis points on Friday to four. 4.23%. They dipped down in the middle of the week last week, but actually uh, just a few basis points higher than they finished the week before now, whereas Aussie 10 years fell from 4.51% to 4.31% last week, so 20 basis points down. Uh, German 10-year bunds, they fell 8 basis points over the week, down to 2.28% on Friday. And oil bounced back a little. WTI was up 2.7% on Friday, but still only a little over 71 a barrel. Brent was up 2.4%, but below 76 still. Uh, it's down almost 9%, in fact, since that uh, most recent peak on November the 29th. So there we are. Rodrigo Cotrill kicks off the week with us from NAB in Sydney. So the big number from Friday, of course, Rodrigo, the non-farm payrolls, a surprise on the upside, almost 200,000 new jobs in November, up from 150,000 in October. Most of that growth was in private jobs, not from government jobs. And we saw the average hourly earnings going up more than expected as well, 0.4% month on month from 0.2% last time. So you might say that's all good unless you're, you know, a central bank that's trying to calm things down. Then you might go, oh, is this all getting a bit hot again? <laughs> yeah, morning, Phil. Uh, that's ex- exactly right. So, I mean, the takeaway here is that the, the report was stronger across the uh, across the board. Jobs, unemployment falling and, and wages also picking up and being quite resilient. So um, from a, from the Fed perspective, then, the, the um, um, I, I suppose the, in terms of the details, uh, it's probably, probably worth highlighting that um, mm. when you see the rise in, in, in jobs, there are a couple of sort of one-offs that have played into it. You know, we had the, the car industry and Hollywood strike in, in October um, that accounted for about 50,000 of the pickup in jobs. Um, um, whilst at the same time, the government still hiring, uh, which again accounted for another 50,000. So when you look at private payrolls um, and you adjust for those numbers, it's, it's the, the rise is around 100K. Uh, but nice. saying that, when, when you look at leading indicators of, um, of private uh, job hiring, such as the, like the NFIB uh, intentions index, um, they're still suggesting that you know, we should expect a, a more of the same, if you like, over coming months. So, so overall, the takeaway here is that we haven't yet seen strong evidence of a roller or rolling over of the, of the U.S. labor market. Um, it plays to the view that, um, you know, the, 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 the demand for labor is still very much there. Um, and, and what we've seen in, in recent months is that there's been a decline in terms of um, the, the speed of hiring. 
which is encouraging, but still at, at very high levels. Um, so, so overall, mm. when we look ahead, um, you know, immigration is playing its role in terms of increasing the supply or providing a supply. And when we look at the numbers, you know, um, you know, uh, the the average uh, hiring pace in the last three months was two hundred thousand. Um, and that compares to 320 uh, over the same period last year. So it's still pretty solid. Right. But if it, if it was in line with population growth, then you'd be able to say, well, that's fine, isn't it? That's not we're not seeing a growth. We're not seeing the, the market tightening in any way. But could yes. but this, this is more than that, though, isn't it? So, well, I mean, we, we can cook the numbers in different ways. I mean, when you look at the trend, there's still a downward trend in, um, in, in, for instance, wages growth, but not, not as strong as it was last, last month because of the, the solid print that we had. Um, there's still a downward trend in terms of the, the pace of job creation, but that downward trend is very slow. Um, and, and overall, you know, when you think about these dynamics from a Fed perspective, um, you know, the concerns, the services inflation is proving to be sticky. We've seen the ISM services being quite solid in that regard. So again, suggesting that more of the same should be expected. And now we have a labor market that's still proving to be resilient. So supporting job creation and therefore if people are employed, they're probably likely to continue to spend. So it sort of pushes and delays these expectations of a cooling of the economy. Um, and that plays mm. into into the. So Fed does it delay the expectations for the cuts from the Fed? Yeah, because I mean the market's been you know seems to be coming around to the idea of cuts starting maybe as early as March next year. Does that uh, put that into jeopardy now? Well, it has certainly shifted in terms of expectations when when you look at uh, pricing. So as you say, prior to the numbers, um, you know, a twenty five basis point uh, rate cut was priced for March. Now that's been pushed out to to May. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, in terms of the Fed thinking, uh, we you would expect that they're, um, well, I think it's still a pretty good bet that they, they won't be hiking or, or making any announcements uh, this week. But certainly the language will be pushing back on this idea that rate cuts are coming uh, and they, they will probably emphasize the concern that uh, inflation is still pretty sticky uh, and mm. therefore that the, the tightening is still needed. Um, well, ironically, the uh, the University of Michigan, the one-year inflation expectation survey that was also out on Friday, came in at 3.1%, which is uh, well below where they were. It was 4.5%, uh, wasn't it, the month before, uh, and 3.1%, well below market expectations. Actually, the lowest it's been since March 2021. So you'd be thinking, happy days, but maybe they'll have to wait a bit longer. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, the interesting thing as well is that the, the, the headline print of the sentiment also improved significantly. I think it's the fourth month high. So... Um, the consumer is feeling better, but um, and at the same time, is the expectations of inflation have have been pushed down. So again, there's a bit of quirkiness about the the the, the survey that is very sensitive to movements in price and 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 the and movements in oil prices, um, and of course that had been rising and now they have been declining in recent months, and that that's kind of been reflected in the in the survey as well. But overall, I mean, the, the consumer is, is feeling okay. And, and uh, jobs have been, you know, still um, solid and, and therefore, you know, we should expect the consumer to maybe continue to contribute to the economy over the coming months. Mm, on oil, the question is, is it going to keep falling? Because when we did see it bouncing back a fair bit, didn't we, on Friday? Yes, I mean, we, we're still sort of in that rangy sort of environment for oil prices and and. You know, there's a little bit of concern around whether, you know, OPEC can actually uh, enforce this uh, supply cut. So that's one one big component. The other one is, is the issue of from demand. So the U.S. now, of course, probably has solid demand. Um, but uh, Europe and, and China 
are struggling a little bit economic in terms of economic activity. So that plays to reduce demand. Um, and then on Friday, in terms of news flow supporting the, the price action, we did have news with Bloomberg noting that uh, the U.S. is looking to increase its reserves, its strategic reserves for oil. So that also played into the increasing prices uh, on the day. And equity is still very happy, aren't they? So even though, we're, I mean, I guess, you know, equity markets will be saying, well, look, you know, people have got a bit more money now. Uh, the economy seems to be uh, going along quite nicely. But of course, you know, how long before they they start looking the other way and going, ah, but on the other side, that means the Fed are going to delay uh, any rate cuts. Yeah. I guess it's it's that's fine so long as they don't start putting rates back up again. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's interesting sort of the, the contrast between the two markets. When you look at the the bond market, obviously a big reaction and and, and lifting front end yields. Whilst in the in the equity market, there was a collapse or a move lower at the open, and then it was just onwards and upwards from then on. Uh, so the takeaway is that okay, well maybe it does mean that the Fed delays its rate cuts. But it also means the consumer is actually in a good place. So therefore, it's still good news. Um, and then we saw the equity market continue to rise. So uh, for yeah. now, the narrative doesn't change too much. Um, what is also interesting is that we've seen the uh, volatility in the equity market in the U.S. decline quite significantly. So the VIX is now, I think, it's the lowest since 2020. So uh, pretty low levels of volatility, um, which kind of fuels, if you like, this positivity in, in the market. Um, but it also also tends to come with a warning that usually this doesn't last too long and volatility spikes up again. Yeah, so something it's, to like yeah it's just assuming you're in a good place. But we're, you know, it's too early to making that call, isn't it? And I wonder whether, and just on the jobs, by the way, interesting that, you know, 100,000, uh, 200,000 new jobs is 100,000 more than the ADP number uh, came out. So we've, you know, we talked about the the variation. That's a pretty big one, isn't it? Almost 100,000. Yeah, it continues uh, to be a big, a, a pretty bad lead in terms of what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, will equities... Uh, continue to do well, uh, particularly given, you know, the chunk of it is tech companies being driven by this AI future, which is going to solve all of mankind's problems. Apparently, it's going to increase productivity. It's going to do all sorts. Uh, but we had the European Parliament. Uh, they announced their new AI legislation over the weekend. So more regulation that has to be adhered to if you want to get access to the EU market. So maybe we'll see some reaction to that on equities. I'd be surprised, though, because you would be, you'd be nuts to think. I mean, we knew that they were meeting. You'd be nuts to think that they were going to meet and then say, oh, no, let's not bother legislating. So, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was obviously, and, you know, we know that this is a whole area where there will be more legislation because there has to be, because it can't go uncontrolled anywhere in the world. Yes, no, and, and also... Um, there's still question marks about how effective this regulation, that these new laws will be. Um, you know, there's, I mean, there, there are positive steps in terms of um, the policy having uh, or the regulation introducing, I think the word was respect to copyrights, for instance, um, detail in terms of summary of how the data is used. And uh, and, and also if, if um, the model is considered to be, I think, systemic risk, um, so there, there, there will be a, f a stronger monitoring and, and rules for, you know, the big, big models, uh, which uh, yeah. I think at this stage, you know, ChatGPT and maybe probably the, the Bloomberg one uh, that has been launched will fall under that. Um, but then also the issue around penalties, because the numbers thrown around in terms of penalties were like, well, we, we're going to fine you 37 million. And, and when you think that you're making billions, 
maybe that's not a big deterrent to to mm. you know to comply mm. so there's still a fair bit of detail but it is interesting that this is happening and and actually linked onto that uh, there was also news on friday um that the the fed trading commission is looking at microsoft uh, to see whether open eye is violating any antitrust laws so this is just the beginning in terms of this motion of regulating the the, the sector um and it will be interesting worms, how it but, but but to your point i don't think it's strong enough at the moment to maybe deter any sort of positivity around the so sector. a big chunk of it in europe as well relates to the use of biometrics and yes behavioral manipulation i you don't need i've had bosses that have been very good at that you don't need ai to have behavioral manipulation do you but we're talking about um this on the weekend edition by the way this coming uh, this coming weekend let's get back to other data from Friday very quickly. So we had uh, China's CPI down half percent. So actually not down from where it was, actually down half percent, deflation of half percent uh, in the month for November. The same for the year, year on year, half percent deflation, which is the sharpest fall in three years. PPI is down three percent, all much bigger than expected. So, uh, I mean, oil would be part of this, I guess, but how much of it is also the state of the, the, the Chinese economy? Because if you've got deflation, you know, people don't buy things because they can delay and therefore companies don't invest. This is, you know, a bad place to be in terms of the downward spiral, isn't it? Yes. And you could add to that as well, that when you get into this spiral, you know, um, monetary policy becomes less effective. So you have that mm. sort of liquidity trap. You're trying to stimulate the economy, but it's it's like pushing on a string. So and, and I think it's pretty fair to say that we've seen a little bit of evidence of that. Um, and um, it just emphasizes the point that when it comes to the, the magnitude of the problem um, that China is facing in terms of its economic struggles, um, it, it all comes down to uh, what's going on within the property sector and how it is affecting uh, consumer um, sentiment as well as private sector desire or appetite to invest. Um, and, and again, it just emphasizes the need for, for, for the government to actually do more to support the, the, the economy and, and, and actually create that sort of new environment where consumers want to spend. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the central bank uh, uh, has also said that it's not as bad as you think, uh, because if you look at the core reading, the core reading is actually in positive territory, 0.6%. Um, and much of this decline is actually uh, attributed to, to the, the decline in pork prices. Um, right. um, so the, the core reading is not as bad as, 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 the, as the headline, but saying that, you know, when you're running inflation at 0.6%, it's still very much close to zero, isn't it? Mm. And, and mm. in terms of your, your arguments that, that, you know, when you don't see prices increases and when you're not sure about the outlook for the economy, you don't have a great deal of incentive to consume today and, and you delay your consumption. And, and that's still a dangerous place to be in terms of um, uh, headwinds for the economy. So uh, it, it just highlights that there's still, um, you know, more work to be done. Uh, and But encouragingly, we are seeing new initiatives coming from the government in terms of stimulating the economy. Uh, but certainly, I think more is needed, more of the same is needed. Right, very little happening today. We've got Japan's machine orders, uh, which took a bit of a hit last month. They're a bit up and down, though, aren't they, really? And But look, this week, uh, well, US CPI on Tuesday. Uh, we get New York Fed inflation expectations later today. We get a couple of sizable Treasury auctions overnight tonight. And as we've said, you know, it's the week for central banks. So the FOMC, the ECB, the Norge Bank, the Swiss National Bank as well. And uh, look, tomorrow we get the, uh, the the NAB business survey as well. Uh, Ray's going to join us tomorrow. 
Uh, it is 40 years since uh, Mr. Keating floated the Aussie dollar uh, 40 years ago tomorrow. So that's, um, we've put a report out, actually, haven't we, on that? We did. So if you are a NAB customer, you would have already seen that and would have access to that. Um, it's got a few 40 facts about the Aussie, so that's an interesting read. Um, but I, I won't still raise thunder. He, he'll be talking about it tomorrow. And, and I'll make sure to put the link on of the report on, on the daily as well today. So... Um, mm. you know you can access it on your uh, note the daily note yeah yeah very good excellent good to talk uh, busy week ahead but a quiet day today is uh, the some nation isn't it uh, good to talk Rodrigo cheers Phil thanks rather disturbing isn't it to think it was 40 years ago that Paul Keating was the treasurer it's making me feel old that's it for the morning call for today I'm Phil Dobby for NAB see you again tomorrow morning